Hey. Hey, you. Do you know that while filming both Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, Hayden Christensen actually used to make lightsaber sounds whenever he would fight with one? Likewise, Tom Holland would also make web shooter sounds whenever he was filming Spider-Man Homecoming. Did you know that we have a Patreon? <laughs> well, check it out. You can find it in the links inside the episode descriptions or at our official website. It's a great way to support the show and even get yourselves shouted out at the end of every month. It really helps us out, and we are eternally grateful to each and every one of you that supports us. But for now, honestly, I really hope you just enjoy this episode. Uh, but it was written by, that can't be the right spelling for this, I Kringle Binder. I'm, I copy-pasted this. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> I don't know. Pause and look it up. Pause and, pause no. and look it up and redo it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Dude. I oh, I usually copy paste this. Do you think I can? I'm not, dude. Stop. Please, please tell me that. No, I'm laughing because that can't be right. Like, I hope that that's real. I I don't know. I want that to be so real. Let it's Carl it. Binder. Holy shit! All right. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Then it's some kind of some kind of typo. <laughs> Just read it again. Okay, written by <laughs> This is not as funny Chris. as you think it is. No, it is. Just because like I had to say the word Kringle. I'm like, that can't be spelled correctly. Cur- curl. Carl. <laughs> How did that get like that? Because I, I didn't have no idea. I'm sorry. I love you. That's funny as fuck. Oh no, I just am like, what? <laughs> yeah, those letters aren't even in there. not recording this weekend it's just insane it's just just gonna have to wait even a little bit longer but we are back for more disney which we are back for more disney it is very exciting because we just took two weeks off of disney yeah at man and gremlins yep right in the the middle of the renaissance (laughs) but we're here for pocahontas yeah it's welcome to pocahontas guys this is um you may have noticed it's a little bit somber to start and it's because this is not a great uh this was not a great time uh it's it's not it was rough (laughs) this was bad this was um that's the only word i can think this is the one time i'm going to agree with rotten tomatoes um this yeah Mm -hmm. it was Mm. not great it was all week i've been like how are we going to be funny about this like pretty yeah. bad movie but we'll do our best for that but it's rough we'll do it for you the there's, people there's a lot of things that weren't great about it but we're here to do it and even even though hogwarts legacy sits on rest mode in the next room we are here even though i am distracted <laughs> i should have given you an out this week just to like continue your hufflepuff adventure and by hufflepuff i mean ravenclaw because i'm not an asshole and i remember okay i got it i saw your face and i was like holy shit yeah no although i did get in trouble with a friend today for agreeing with her boyfriend that she was a hufflepuff and then i then i got an angry text hufflepuff's the best house the rest of us are entirely toxic let's be real like that's because the hufflepuff live 
in the kitchen. Like they live right next to the kitchen. They're I would stoners. totally be a Hufflepuff just to yeah. They are. They are the hippies of Hogwarts. They're total stoners. I would love to be Hufflepuff, but I'm not. I'm a Ravenclaw, You're and I'm totally yeah. toxic about it. Um, and actually, that you know, <laughs> maybe me being totally distracted and actually just wanting to talk about Harry Potter today works out because my toxic Ravenclawness is going to make this a downer episode. Yeah. So <laughs> very, very true. I'm kind of blown away. You didn't know I was Slytherin. I can't. I, I thought that was really funny that Matt had to tell you that. I guess I could have guessed. I just didn't want to. Most people, you can. know. Yeah, there's no surprises with me. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to be presumptuous. I didn't want to be. Yeah, you did. You know, some people, if you're not a Slytherin and you get cold, one, it's kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like. Yeah, I don't really okay, want to do that I'll, either. I'll yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's almost as bad as calling like, someone a Hufflepuff. What if you thought you were a Gryffindor? <laughs> ew, God, ew, no. Um, it's because the people I surround myself with never are Gryffindors. Like, you would think that everybody wants to be, like, brave and the hero and charismatic and all that shit. And I'm like, ew, no. I'm about me. I'm about ambition and selfishness and cunning. And fuck out of here if you're not going to help me solve my problems. Oh, my God. <laughs> that No, they're all toxic. The Hufflepuffs are the only non-toxic house. That's true. One but- loves the Anyway, I'll do my best to not make this episode somehow about Harry Potter. Um, mm-hmm. Scott, tell us about the movie. There's too many names for me to read this. this is there are, you. actually. I just saw that. All you. <laughs> so, yeah, we're here for uh, Pocahontas once again here in 1995. Uh, directed by Mike Gabriel and Eric Goldberg, which is the first time we've had a combination director for a Renaissance movie in a while. Um, it hasn't. I don't think it. I don't think it's come up since Aladdin. Uh, written by Carl Binder, Susanna Grant, and Philip uh, Lezebnik. The film stars Mel Gibson as John Smith, which is actually his first ever singing role. Uh, Irene Bedard as Pocahontas. Russell Means as Chief Powhatan. I'm going to say a lot of these wrong, I'm Powhatan. pretty sure. Powhatan, that's right. Um, and Christian Bale, randomly, as Thomas, which I you I couldn't hear it at all. The whole movie, I couldn't hear it. It's I, totally no way. Random. Um, interesting though is that Irene Bedard is of Alaskan native. Russell Means is a um, he's a Lakota activist. Lakota activist. I got you. Um, but that that's all that I could find in terms of representation here, like actual natives being like involved in any way involved in with in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and giving you that information now is called foreshadowing. Story 101. <laughs> Speaking of story, hit me with a plot. All right. Feeling restless about her destiny as the future leader of the tribe, Pocahontas yearns for more. Meanwhile, John Smith and his boat full of colonizers can't wait to arrive in Jamestown and murder some natives. But not this native. No, Pocahontas is hot with two T's. So John Snow, John, I said I was going to oh do my that. God. John Smith <laughs> falls in love and learns not to hate people just because they're different. Can everyone else in the movie learn the same lesson in time? Probably, but it doesn't make this whole thing any less frustrating. But it looks good, though. You know nothing, John Smurth. I am gonna say John Snow. Oh, I'm sure you are. Like this whole. That's fine because he has like eight accents. So who fucking knows who he's supposed to I'm be? I'm fairly certain that I have written his name as John Snow. Oh, I doubt. I don't doubt it notes. at all. Yeah, yeah, I don't doubt it at all. Obviously, you guys can find this on Disney Plus. There's no literal reason to go over that ever, except for right now because it's a Disney movie. Um. <laughs> 
But yeah, let's go into the timeline. Let's figure out what's going on this year still before we get into 1607. Indeed, it is 1995, uh, still and forever, Mm -hmm. because that's the podcast we're doing now. Uh, (laughs) Historical context, this is the year that Windows 95 is released, and Bill Gates is named the richest man in the world. Uh, Mumbai officially reclaims its proper name, called Bombay, uh, by the colonists, which is apropos of everything for this episode. Very. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, because this is my thing and I own it. 54% on the tomato meter and 64% audience score, which is rewatching. This is about accurate. It's it's, but it's yeah. Yeah. I could see critics not liking this and like people at home being like, "Eh, you know, it's like, it's okay. Yeah. It's crazy low for what they thought this was going to do though. Oh, I know. Katzenberg put all of his eggs in this basket. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, but Driving Miss Daisy wins Best Picture, Murphy Brown and L.A. Law win the Emmys. The top grossing movie was Batman Forever, followed by Apollo 13 and then Toy Story. And Pocahontas comes in fourth. And also correction to last week where we actually read out the wrong ones because I've been copy pasting so much from like 1995 over and over, but accidentally grabbed the one from Gremlins where we were using the temp pad. So yeah. uh, my bad on quoting some bullshit in the <laughs> Batman Forever episode, but that movie was bullshit. So it's yeah, fine. Very true. No one even <laughs> caught that either. So it's like, whatever, dude, we're not I, here for the money. <laughs> I know. I'm not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, in terms of warnings, you would have thought so, right? I'm kind of blown away that there wasn't one. I'm genuinely like of all the movies that I would have thought, and I'm pretty sure we said this like back in the Silver Age. Yeah, we expected Pocahontas. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm kind of blown away that this there's nothing here. We're gonna talk at length about why I think it's not here, and overall, the movie does have a positive message, right? Yeah, but there are problems up in here like and and we're gonna talk about what my why i believe yeah. that they didn't give it a warning but uh and the and how mad i am about it oh i know yeah but there's for sure issues here but the only warning is like the little tobacco uh the little tobacco warning is on here but that was it again i'm gonna i'm a proponent i'm a proponent of this every single time it comes up but this maybe more than most movies that we've recovered or we, we've already covered so far absolutely deserves a violence warning. Oh, I, totally, and that's I never going to happen. Believe, yeah, I can't believe there's nothing on here. I'm telling you, I think you're about a decade ahead of society. I Americans am. don't I care really about it. But in, <laughs> in 10 years, I bet you that that is a real Oh, thing. yeah, it'll be everywhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely yeah. it will. I um, think that's probably true. Um, in the parks, <laughs> there's like character meet nothing. and greets, but it's not, there's no ride, and it's like so criminal. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why there isn't like a river ride. Like, why? Isn't oh, there... I, I can tell you why. It didn't do well. Yeah, but like, I guess. I just, I guess that's true. But the, like, they just, I don't know why Disney's not hiring you and I to figure this out. Because it's like, Oh, I know. For real. They have like doing? wild river rides and it's not yeah. Pocahontas themed. And it's just like, that seems like fucking like stupid. Like, why aren't Even you? Even just a story ride. 
Like, Why aren't you <laughs> using the stuff that you have to make this cooler? Yeah. Like they should hire us. Um, Stupid. Did you watch the sequel? Fuck no, I did not watch the sequel. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Despite its immeasurable historical inaccuracies, it's just a bad movie. Uh, it's so bad. I did watch it, Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World, which came out in 1998, in which Pocahontas goes to London, even though John Smith is dead, except secretly he's not dead. Um, that movie got 29% on both Rotten Tomato scores, yeah. and it barely deserves that. Like, it yeah. was really bad. Uh, it, so Pocahontas 2 exists, I guess. I, yeah, I don't... This is where I'm going to start getting annoyed. <laughs> like It was so fuck? bad. It was We're so going to get the good shit out of the way. So let's jump into the movie and we'll get the really good stuff out of the way first, which Lindsay and I are going to fight about here in a minute. So Yeah, we can talk about the the things that weren't like horrible to begin with. Yeah, it is a little like I don't know, maybe I'm just a little stoned tonight. I do feel a little like low energy. I didn't hate it this much. Like we were. No, I super didn't. I'm like, either, uh, but let's like, talk about Pocahontas. I guess. Like, I think it's just like being a kid and then watching this as an adult. I know so much more now, and I'm just like, uh, why? Why? I can see why no one has ever said Pocahontas is like. I've never met someone that's like Pocahontas is one of my favorite Disney movies. It's in my top five. I've no. never met somebody that said that. Even as a kid, I was like, oh, Pocahontas. Like, all right. Yeah. Like, I remember being disappointed by it. I actively remember being bummed out by this movie because we were like, wait, why is it? Why is it so bad? I was like eight years old, right? And I was like, I thought it was going to be so good. Another, a new Disney movie, right? And it was so no. lame. But well, Katzenberg thought the same thing. So, yeah. It's uh, music wise, um, Alan Menken's back. So it's not right. bad, no. right? Like, <sighs> no. We're back in this like it's like almost it's it's very reminiscent of Little Mermaid. Uh-huh. Every song is used to tell a part of the story, even the weird opening song. Well, and and good, right? That's a well, good yeah. Thing. Like I'm not I'm not saying they're bad or whatever, but um, the the song about what they're doing, <sighs> the We Are Cutting Ice song from Frozen. That's what it has. We are cutting ice. That's actually what it's trying to do. And the Little Mermaid yeah. has one too. Yeah. The, yeah. Which is a joke from the Honest trailer. Like, that's not what the song is called. But oh, no. Uh, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> actually, having just rewatched Frozen, I can actually say that that song does a lot to set up the plot and the whole yes, end of the stakes. Like, it, well, yes. and it talks about, like, it, anyway, we'll talk about that when we do Frozen. Uh, but yeah, it has this very like sort of baritone song about what they're doing. And, and in this case, it, it does look a lot like the little mermaid because it's the boat and it's the, the song is sang by the colonizers, uh, coming across and they're like, we are going to, you know, murder people for no reason. Like that's the song basically. It is basically a song, which really sucks because there's a good part that they kind of like reprise during dig boys. Where they're yeah. like, in 1607, we sailed the open seas. Gl-. This is actually how I figured out what year it took place, was this one part of the song. Where he's <laughs> like, for glory, God, and gold, and the Virginia Company. And I'm like, cool, that's the one historically accurate part about this. Was Jamestown really was founded in 1607. 
but it wasn't founded by John Smith. And it wasn't founded by some dude named Governor Radcliffe. Definitely not by Governor Radcliffe. Yeah. <laughs> they had, they, I mean, they had to make him up because John Smith's a bad guy in the true story, but we'll Super. get there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So much. It's literally just around the riverbend, guys. Like, I promise you. Just around the riverbend was hot. That was a good song. Like, <sighs> Is this the I Want song? I struggled with this for the entirety of the movie. It's did she, like I there's no real I want song unless you count Colors of the Wind as an I want you to understand song. This is definitely the I want song, and okay. it's an I want song in the same vein as uh, what's her oh as uh, Moana's right because this this movie like Moana is like a low key reboot of this movie, and mm, it is true. like it's almost if you put it um. Just like sort of flat facts. Yeah. Yeah. Like watch the first three minutes of uh, Lindsay Ellis's video about this on YouTube. She says that of like, she's like describing Moana, but it's like with Pocahontas (laughs) pictures. And it's like, it is like the same, (laughs) like remarkably. And it's the same as Moana's where it's like, I want more. I want to go out here. I want to see what, like the, what's the song in Moana about the horizon and well, I mean, she did in the like, sky and the ski sea. <laughs> how far I'll go. Jesus. Yeah, and how far I'll go. That's it's the same I want song as Moana because this is Moana because Moana is the low key remake of Pocahontas. A hundred percent, it makes sense. Well, and I mean, halfway through this song, she's like, "Should I marry Cocoon?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay." So this is like the "Where the fuck am I going?" song. Yeah, do I want to be like the just like just like Moana? Like, yeah. should I should I take over and like? take on the responsibility of my people or is there something else for me? And do I just want to be the, you know, leader of the tribe or do I like, yeah, she is kind of like, you know, brave is sort of similar. Like, am I ready to take on the responsibilities of air? Basically. God, I love that movie. I know. I've been on such a Pixar Disney kick. I've watched like every single Pixar movie in the last couple of weeks. So (laughs) I have all of that ready to go at will. But yeah, just around the the river bend is a sexy little I want song. I like it. I like that song. Um, The bad guy song is, is catchy and horrifying and, and fucking weird. The Yeah. Technically they have two. If you want to say that Dig Boys is that's the first what I'm bad talking guy about. Song? Yeah. Okay, because I I didn't peg that really as the bad guy song. Cause... I don't know. It's sung by the bad guys. It's sung by well, them. Yeah, okay, they are so... totally the bad guys. The colonizers are the bad guys. No, they super are. I think the the biggest part about it though is they are without intentionally being only. Da- oh, I almost said Daniel Radcliffe. Only Governor Radcliffe <laughs> is actually. I know. <laughs> only. Governor Ratcliffe is actually a nefarious piece of shit. The yeah, other guys like, are just the symptoms of their time. And they're like, oh, the governor said that's the thing. And we're lowly, like low class people. He's got to be right about this. And then like <sighs> mom mentality and all that stuff or whatever. But the song about digging is literally just what they're there for. Like that's that's the whole like, oh, what are you guys doing here? And then John Smith's like, huh, fuck you guys. I'm going to go through the forest. This is way doper than whatever you guys are doing. And then I can't really figure out why John Smith is actually there. But it's like the bad guy song because like they all are the bad guys because they no, all they, are. Expl- they explicitly all of them talk about murdering the natives. Oh, yeah. And they all. I'm not trying to give them a pass. Whole, I'm just saying 
No, I just mean their whole purpose in being there is to like steal and exploit the land. And that song is about exploiting the land. It is absolutely the bad guy song where they start digging up the forest, mm. singing that's it like true. that's totally them being bad guys, all of them. And and yeah. then we have our our hero Pocahontas, who's like one with nature and like we know that they would not approve of destroying the land and like yeah, it's Fern Goli without the magic. That's the whole story. She's like, you have to like listen to the colors of the wind and like respect nature. Like they are totally the bad guys. Like in every no, they respect. are. I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying <laughs> to like. I'm not. God damn it, dude! I get into this corner every fucking time. I'm just saying, like, it is the bad guy song. They're singing about doing the bad thing. <laughs> every time that we are talking about a potential villain song or the villain song, I'm like, I don't know. Can someone help me explain this? And then. There's a small part that's like Scott maybe is a Nazi sympathizer because he thought that be prepared was fucking cool. And I'm like, that is no, not what I said <laughs> like, at all. I'm not. I, know, like, I didn't really think about it until right now because I'm like, holy shit, dude. Yeah, they actually just there's like a whole scene where they're just destroying the forest. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? They're not yeah, that, like it's not a, they're not a, a product of their time. They're like from this at, point like, on. Welcome to the Lindsay show, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was just saying like I might be stoned, but I still I can identify. No, the I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I know who they are. Like, Okay, fine. All right. Okay. The first of two villain songs. So this and then yeah. in that case, this is one of the first Disney movies that has two villain songs. So hooray for Pocahontas. Which I'll take. What's the other villain villain song? Oh, Savages. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, you're gonna talk about that. Well, yeah. Um, I, the, I'm not even yeah, I'm not gonna touch that yet. I'm like, yeah. Colors of the wind is a banger. It is a banger, actually. I will give you that. I don't care for a lot of the songs in this movie just because, like, I didn't enjoy this movie as a kid. But Colors of the Wind is, and every version of that song that I have ever heard is is good. Like, sometimes I'll hear, like, Jonathan Young will cover one. By the way, if you guys don't know who Jonathan Young is, I highly encourage you to check him out. He's awesome. But um, a lot of times when I hear covers of these, like, Disney will do, like, Disney Mania 3, and it'll have, like, Ali Machalco will cover the fucking colors of the wind and i'm like i hate ali machalco but her so the version is a banger so yeah i 100 agree with you on this one maybe we won't fight about this as much as i thought <laughs> i like colors i'm like it's you know it's fine a lot of the stuff in this movie if you don't think about it too hard or to to be fair if it's the year 1995 or maybe like 1990 like i don't know that this was like i'm like uh there's but uh it's like it's fine if you don't look at it at all, kind of cl- like if you kind of like squint and look at it through. If one you watch eye, it out like, of your peripheral over, vision, yeah, <laughs> over your shoulder, and it's kind of like, like yeah, you have to like mostly look away, but like yeah. sort of engage. Like it, like if you had like three screens on and this was the last one you were paying attention to, <laughs> and it was minimized. Yeah, this one was minimized. Like it might be okay. Like there's, there's, it's. It's fine. Basically, what we're saying is don't watch the movie. Just listen to the soundtrack. Guys. Just I it, not even the soundtrack, like those two songs. Like, I, yeah. you know, I so and then <laughs> it's I get, you know, I don't know, man. I I've, I have rarely been this unenthusiastic about a Disney movie. But and and I for, know. And for parts of it were really good. Like it looked good. We got to give it, it does. That. It looks pretty. Yeah, good. it looks awesome. The very clearly all of the animation that would have gone into <laughs> A Roxanne's hair for an extremely goofy movie went into Pocahontas is here. Um, because totally. again, and we've said this like six times already, but Katzenberg 1000% believed in this movie and put all of Disney's focus into this. 
everybody thought this was going to be the shit. People were jumping ship off of the Lion King for this yeah. movie. They they thought with this that they were chasing uh, an Oscar nomination because remember we still don't have a Best Animated Picture Oscar at this point. So they were chasing the Beauty and the Beast nomination from what ninety four. 92? I'm 93, which, I'm sorry. 93. 93 Oscars, yeah. They they were trying to do that again with this movie, and hilarious that they got way closer to it with The Lion King. Um, and I didn't love the sort of realistic character designs, like the very hard, like, angular faces and stuff isn't my favorite. Yeah. But, but it does look really, really good. Like, the parts that are supposed to be pretty, and it, unfortunately, it's the parts that are, like, tonally weird in this movie where it's like you have like flit and miko look really good Dude. or like when the wind like in colors of the wind the leaves and stuff that all yeah. looks so pretty and the landscapes look so pretty and then it's like all at the same time it's so like hard and rough and like and a lot of it too is like it be i feel like the landscape is used as an emotion yeah like when something is happening it's like the background is red fucking be scared right now or be angry or whatever um, and that's very like Fantasia, but yeah, I mean, from a, from a design standpoint, this looked really good and rotoscoping did a great job of animating actual motion. Like when Kokoam attacks John Smith, it, it all looks really good. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, even though. You know, Toy Story comes out a couple of months later. It's not good enough. I'll say that. Like, it's for its time, it's not good enough. It's no wonder it didn't really do that well. Like, even though it came out before people had seen Toy Story, like, this got buried. Like, there was oh, other. Yeah. And, like, the way that The Lion King looks is so much better than this. Or the way that. And that was the year before. And there's, like, just. It just, you know. Honestly, watching this, there were parts where I was like, dude, Rescuers Down Under look better than this. Yo, parts of it did. Like, but it it's also sort of like saying, um, you know, Cinderella looked a lot better than Sleeping Beauty. Kind oh, yeah, of depends how you look like, on it. Yeah. Well, no, it's like how you look at it, right? Because Sleeping Beauty is like from one lens, such incredible artwork, and from another, like not fluffy and cute and stretchy and fun to watch as an animation that, right? Like it's yeah. not aesthetically as but it's more artsy. I feel like this is kind of the same way. This is more artsy. It's just not as, as like, and it has a tonal clash that makes it kind of weird. I think that's kind of why like Percy and Miko and flip bothered me. Like, don't get me wrong. They're funny, but, and I found this out while I was researching, um, because I have that kind of time. Uh, the, original plan was for every animal in this movie to talk all of the animals were supposed to be able to talk and they were like no we want to maintain some level of seriousness and i'm like i get that that's fine but you're still gonna have the raccoon sword fight with a hummingbird <laughs> well that's what i'm saying like, like totally, this is all over the place like is. what is happening People are um, like, we can't just be serious the whole fucking time. We'll do that later with um, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Well, they that also has the same problem. Yeah, it does. Right? Mm -hmm. They, I think these animated movies do better with the super serious stuff when they kind of like lean into what they are. Like Inside Out would be yeah, a great example. Or definitely. Up. Like you acknowledge that this is a real fucking thing. 
Or Up, Actually, definitely for Up. Up yeah. might be the better example because Up has some really serious stuff in it. And and Kevin. And Ke- Yeah, and that's who Kevin the Cat is named after. Um, is it really? That's amazing. I love yeah, that. Yeah. I only wish that Kevin was a girl, but you know. Mm. Um, but uh, Don't we all? <laughs> well, because Kevin's a girl in the in, uh, in the movie, I know. Yeah, the kid doesn't. Um, but no, but uh, that's a good example because it did get nominated for the Oscar. It's the only animated movie other than Beauty and the Beast to be nominated for Best Picture, and that's what they wanted with Pocahontas. So it's a great comparison where it's like it leans into its silliness and it, but it also carries those strong tones. But like when they just sort of clash together, like that. I don't know. It didn't work. And then we have Tropy McTrope face over here. Yeah. Fucking this Pocahontas. Was, it was Jasmine Light. It's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah. Not even Ariel, because Ariel's like whole being royal never really came up in her story. Yeah, I guess that's true. She has so many older sisters. She's yeah. <laughs> it, was ne- it was never like, you're the future of the throne. It's like, no, dude, <laughs> chill out. you got like 18 other daughters before. But she did have her. a like, what are your expectations? Yeah. Right? Like, you're true. supposed to be here and, you know, you're a mermaid yeah. and get down to work. You're a mermaid. Yeah. Sit, go to the concert. Like she, you know, and Jasmine yeah. definitely. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. That's all her story was, was Expectation City. I think Mulan too. This whole like the concept of just like take your place amongst your people. Yeah. Where whatever that place Don't may be. Don't upset the status quo kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Come into yeah. the meet your expectations and grow into the person that your family expects you to grow into. Even Simba. It's a whole like, you know, they all kind of have this like this is the expectation, this is the thing that you're supposed to do. And now for whatever reason, here's the thing that you are would rather do. Here's how you fuck it up. Or like, heart, yeah, or or whether that's a good thing <laughs> or a bad thing, right? Because Simba like, runs away from his expectations, and that's the wrong choice, and he has to come back to them, yeah, take his place. Whereas like Ariel or Jasmine, uh, or Mulan, theirs is more of like that individualist, like you should be different, and that's a yeah. message of the Renaissance in a lot of cases of like you should be individual, be your uh, own it's, person, kind of it's, thing. Yeah, it's also one of the big messages in a lot of these 2010s movies like Moana and the early Pixar movies like Mm -hmm. Bugs Life movie even is like a DreamWorks movie or something but a lot of a lot of those Pixar movies have uh be different from the crowd stories because of Mm -hmm. how they were able to animate crowds like once they learned how to animate that many ants like that's what the story is they were like be you're an ant that's the perfect story to tell about being an individual yeah and the Renaissance really pushes that too. So that the all those stories kind of have that in common. You know what um, I'm noticing right now, actually, now that I'm thinking about it? Every princess that we've had has been in the right. And the one prince that was the main character was in the wrong. Simba yeah. should never have left. But like everyone else is like, they don't have anything to learn because Pocahontas is right from the beginning. Mulan is right to want to join the military and protect her family. Jasmine is right to want a life that is her own and autonomy. Uh, Sleeping Beauty doesn't have a choice in anything she does because she's fucking narcoleptic. But it, <laughs> I'm just now realizing that that's interesting. We also haven't had a prince in a while that actually was like their succession or their royal lineage was a part of their story. Like, it didn't fucking... I don't know what Eric was a prince of. The and fucking... Beast was just a prince... Was it? 
I thought he was in France. Air, what? The, France is land. Well, or no, Denmark. France. I'm sorry. They were in Denmark. France is not landlocked, by the way, but it's not. It's also I not know. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> um, I'm like, wait. Yeah, hold on. Uh, There's going to be no. so much editing in this. Holy shit. Jesus Christ. Um, no, The Little Mermaid takes place. I think it's in the Mediterranean, but maybe it's actually not. Uh, it fucking seems like it, but maybe you're right. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The point is Pocahontas has a lot in common with all these other characters and she's just, you know, that's her whole inner thing is like, do I take my place among my people? Like, do I marry Cocoam or do I go find something more? And she doesn't actually know what that is, which is different from a lot of the other princesses who kind of have a little bit of a more concrete plan or thing that they want to do. Yeah, she just wants to go. I guess Everyone not all else of is them like, do, though. Like, Belle doesn't really... Like, they just know that Belle they just want wants something a more. person. She, she knows she wants a person to understand her. She doesn't... Like, she, not who it is or, like, a specific place to go for people to understand her. Like, the library. She wanted more than this provincial life. That was what she, she specifically did. wanted. Right? And Ariel... Ariel had a more specific thing. But um, mostly Pocahontas is, like, Moana, which means, like, Moana's really, like, her, but better. Yeah. Um and then the other thing she has that's kind of tropey is this sort of like secret lover that makes her want to avoid her destiny, which is like a very mermaid thing. Um, and very. a little bit like uh, Sleeping Beauty, even, even though that turns out to be uh, the it. person she's supposed to be with. Yeah. She doesn't think that the prince is the guy she's betrothed to. Mm-hmm. Right. She thinks she's going to like get something different. She doesn't realize that it's the same thing. But uh yeah, so that's very tropey. And then she's very, like, Pocahontas gets super, super sexualized. Uh, more than any, like, most of the other princesses. And she has this, like, really animalistic way that she moves. And she's, like... Yeah. And at this point, the princesses who've been sexualized like that, it's really just her, Jasmine, and the following year, Esmeralda, who are, incidentally, all the characters of color. That are being sexualized by Disney. Very true. Actually, I didn't even think of that till right now. Yeah. Yep. And that's about also, it. And I, hmm. No. Well, I mean, okay. So Esmeralda is not technically a princess, but. Whatever. You get Female it. Female characters like, yeah. on screen in Disney. No, of course. And the, the irony here, and this is where things are going to start falling apart for me because I have, unfortunately, this kind of brain. <laughs> the irony is that when pocahontas was found her actual garb would have she would have been topless and she would have right. been covered from head to toe in tribal paint the movie portrays like the application of tribal paint as a wartime ceremony no um that was a thing that just that was their day-to-day life so so she has that trope going for of being like one of the sexualized Mm-hmm. women of color in disney which is a thing yeah. um with great hair though great hair and then hair. there's the grandmother willow is another very tropey thing here but um the obvious thing that that kind of rips on this is moana but yeah. there's also the because they have her, her sort of her well moana has her like ghost grandma and then <laughs> the there's mandatory. yeah and there's yeah. the fairy godmother in cinderella i'm sure there's other examples of this so it's actually funny that 
you were talking like we're mentioning this now because grandmother willow actually only exists because gregory peck turned down the role of the spirit old man river because he felt like pocahontas should have a female influence in her life yeah because this movie does not pass the bechdel test no there's maybe two women in this movie (laughs) there are two women in this. there are two women that's it yeah i'm pretty sure flit is a guy I'm pretty sure yeah. that he is too. Either way. Um, yeah. So he was like, I mean, no, there was even like, he was supposed to be the one that sang just around the river bend. And that's oh, how weird. he like introduced himself to Pocahontas. But then they were like, what if we didn't do that? He was like, I don't want to do this. Like he was, uh, he was in it. The song was written. Like all of that stuff was there. And then he was like, I think she just, just have like a strong female character of some kind which I'm super down for because now we're back into this thing where most of the Renaissance movies have a line or two of like really good kid life lessons and shit. And grandmother Willows is that life lesson is sometimes the easy path is not the right path. Very Dumbledore. Very Dumbledore. I sort cannot of, get away from Hogwarts. Did it before. <laughs> I guess I found a way to conduct. <laughs> I'm so distracted right now. But like there's the whole portion it's of my brain that, that is just now. taken yeah. up by the fact that Hogwarts is in the other room. Like this whole yeah. portion of my brain is like, <laughs> and the other half is filled with rage about this. But so, oh, I know. but so grandmother Willow though is like, at least that's something that um, kind of made me giggle that we can like dig into and forget the racism in the movies. Like yeah. we're like, like she's like, what is she? Right. Like she says she's like 200 years old and she's kind of the only mystical like yeah. magic thing, which I guess we can't get away from the racism. Cause that's part of it. This idea that indigenous yeah. cultures are inherently magic or mystical in some way. Or and that, that they can commune with nature in a way that other people can't. Although to be fair, even her dad Makes it seem like only Pocahontas can talk to Grandmother Willow. Does he? What does he say? He just kind of is like, I hear that you've been communicating with all of the spirits or whatever. And like, she's like, I've been seeing Grandmother Willow. And he's like, "Mm." like, he doesn't believe that that's really what she's doing. (laughs) But then like, John Smith can fucking talk to her. Yeah, he is like, the tree is talking to me. Like, why is, why is Grandmother Willow? I, that's probably the that should be the mystery that's solved here it's probably (laughs) just racism unfortunately i think the answer is all of it is that uh something that maybe this avoids it uh the animal sidekicks totally full force loved loved me going flit they were the best part of the movie absolutely they were eating all the cherries and then sword fighting with flit as a sword is and he, dude, I love that Miko just wants to be friends with Percy. And P- Percy is just like, get the living fuck away from me, please. <laughs> Miko always reminded me of a cat that we had growing up who behaved very yeah. like that and was like an idiot cat um, <laughs> that I can't believe lived. Like he was like outside in the woods and stuff in New Hampshire dude, and survived. Fuck yeah. He had he wicked long was hair. He, well, he was black and white spotted like he looked like miko and he had really really long hair and he used to come out of the woods with like bushes attached to his ass like (laughs) shit like two three times the size of him that was just and he would just come like walking back up to the house like yeah it didn't go great like evolution didn't make me to be out here (laughs) like just brambled with shit just like yeah just (laughs) 
<laughs> he was so funny. <laughs> it's this crazy hey guys, cat. Got some stories to tell. Let me take a shower real quick and I'll break it down for you. We'd have to shave him. He'd come in from outside. Oh, for sure. Like, oh my god! What an absolute nightmare. But also, he was, that, that sounds amazing. He was hilarious. He was a good boy. Good little Mickey was his name. Um. Anyway, so they're here. Uh, and then the other the thing that happens in like the Pocahontas sort of like before time is this dream that she has about how she's going to like this is. What is your future hold or what is your path? I think that's what it is. What's your path? What's your destiny? And should I marry Kokowo or Kokoa? What is his name? Kokoa or not? And should I like, what's, what is my destiny hold? And she's having this dream about an arrow. And it turns out that it's, it's John Smith's compass uh, in the end. And I can't believe that we don't see the dream. Like, it's weird. It's weird that, it right, is. that this isn't more of a through line. That's in how the movie. it should have opened. Yeah. She just, she's like, I just see, I see the arrow. Like, okay, can we? Yeah. Like, it, well, and it's, it just only gets mentioned a couple of times. Like, it's weird that it's not like. Well, it never comes back up again. No, it does in the end. When she realizes what it is, she oh. th- that's when she decides to go like fight for John and like that's like the turning oh, point of the yeah. climax. Okay, yeah. She's she like, Oh my point. dream, I understand now. Like, yeah, but it should have been like more. Like that should have been a more of a thematic through line and they didn't they didn't have it, which surprised me because it was like right there. So they just chose not to use that. And then speaking of John Snow, um <laughs> Uh, Where is yes. he from, dude? It's well, it's it's uh, <laughs> Mel Gibson, right? So it's like, oh no, <laughs> Mel Gibson's like an Mel Gibson's uh, like Australian, isn't he? Or no, is he? Oh, he's from here. He's from he's from the U.S. He's from the U.S. Yeah. I'm like, it's yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about Russell Crowe. Yes, you are. So making movies, writing songs, and fighting fight around, around the world. The world. <laughs> that was for you, Matt. <laughs> oh my god! So when he tries to do British, it sounds Australian. It does, and it also goes away halfway through the movie. Like yeah. he only has a British accent when they're on the ship, and even and then, then it sounds Australian. And then he just doesn't try to do it anymore. And none of the other they none of the rest of them have accents except, I guess, maybe Radcliffe. Ratcliffe and Thomas do, but that's because because Christian Bale's doing Christian an accent. Bale. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Bale's Australian too. Christian Bale came to play. Is he? I'm pretty sure he is. I anyway, have no idea. Um, yeah, but... no. This is the most inconsistent accent I've seen since Harley Quinn's Suicide Squad. I like, mean, it's bad. Yeah. It's really bad. Um. The thing that I think is really interesting is you it like before he arrives, you get this sense that like John Smith isn't part of their group. He's just along with them. So you're like, oh, okay. So this is the guy that's like, he's going to help them bridge the gap or whatever. And no, he's the, the captain. They say Captain really John captain? Smith. He so is he's the probably captain, a captain of the, of the ship. military. They all, no, they all rally around him. He is the leader oh, okay. of this expedition, dude. Like he is like in the beginning, they're like, it's all we, we right, know we're no. gonna be safe because you're in charge. John like Smith he's no, I, in <laughs> charge of this. But did you watch this movie? Scott? No, I did, but like, first of all, it's so inconsequential. But like it 
I, what I'm saying is like it paints him out to be like this different from the rest of his crew kind of guy. Like he is well learned or he is like accepting of the world and he wants to see the world and shit. And then the minute that he meets Pocahontas, he calls her a savage. And I'm like, oh, sick, dude. She, you just destroyed all of your fucking credibility now. They all the whole time on the boat were talking about how, like, I think it's in the song lyrics that they were going to murder people. That's why I can't the believe that was. this didn't have a warning. Yeah, but he's yeah, but the John's, leader of the crew. No, they I established that. Like, and then I get they that, like, drove me crazy. His like, part of the song is just how he's, like, thirsting for adventure. And he wants to see, like, lands beyond what he's seen before. So, like, if you just took this at face value, you're like, okay. He just wants to like experience the world and he's a man of adventure and shit. And all these other people are the bad guys, but he's going to be the one that like bridges the gap because he's got silver shining armor. And then fuck. (laughs) That's what this movie wants you to think. See, it wants you to. And this, this is what the fucking 1990s and also still Republicans want us to think. I'm trust me. I know. know. We haven't even begun. I'm like, no, that is what they want you to think. That's what then that is what in all seriousness uh what would have been taken from this movie in the 90s. But it's like now you look at it and it's like, well, no, like I don't care that they like that he seems like he just wants adventure. Like that's how they're trying to frame him. He's the leader of the people who are singing about the murder they're intentionally going to do while they sail away to rob people of their lands. And they're saying that in the song lyrics, they expressly say like, and when we run into the native people, here's what we're going to do. And they like set this up and they set him up to be their fearless leader. And then we're supposed to feel like it's fine. And then you're right. He shows up. He meets Pocahontas. He immediately calls her savage. She's so pissed. And it's just a fucking sea of red flags because like he then he tells her he's not going to let her leave. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm the big white man in charge right here. Like, you're going to do what I say. Immediately, she's like in danger. Like, and I. It's not uh, a good thing. <laughs> but then it's at the same time. Good. It's like they do have like good chemistry, like the characters, like a kind of like he's kind of open to not being an asshole and like he's into Pocahontas, I guess. And like, yeah, just, after a while, when the wind helps her translate. Well, sure, there's magic, but like it's yeah. I kind of like them together. I kind of like their forbidden love thing. Like I and then I'm like, no, 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 this is awful. Think about it for more than a second. Like, because you're right. Yeah. There's a face value to it. Oh, yeah. Well, but then and, it's like, like ah. No, it was so bad. I don't like it, and I can't. I don't know. It's it's okay, but it's so bad. And like, of all the things that we've gotten so far, this is like the most holy shit. These two should never be together. Yeah. Um, While at the same time being kind of cute, like a kind of. No, but like it's the most. (laughs) It is the it is the pinnacle of forbidden romance. Of, of oh, totally. everything that we've covered so far. Well, I don't know. We did also do Beauty and the Beast. Just saying. <laughs> right. But like there was there was no like class system or like whatever keeping them apart. It was just his ignorant 12-year-old mind. And um, like whatever. I think it but, was like, the fact that he was a literal animal. Well, also an, an animal. Yeah. But like <laughs> they knew. No, but that's what it's like. That was going away if they fell in love. Fuck, I just drew myself into a corner again. <laughs> she, yeah. she has to fall in love with him with him being a beast. Yeah. She didn't know that it was going to break the spell. She, I'm just saying, he uh, also kept her prisoner. I'm just saying, there was like, prisoner. yeah, I we've seen this. some I'm rough retiring from this. I'm just saying, like, we've seen some tough, uh, but I, yeah, 
I don't know. They're kind of cute and they're there and I hated it, but I didn't hate it. And it was, I, it felt I don't weird. know, man, it was, it, it's, and we will get into it momentarily, but it's weird just knowing the true story, which isn't what this is trying to tell. I think there's kind of like, there's a few different ways to way to look at this. It's not even a version like we'll go through it, but it's like, Oh, there's a couple different ways of viewing this movie. And it's like, if you try and just take everything out of it and look at it, just barely kind of squinting over your shoulder, like you, there's parts of it that aren't horrible. Like, but then there's every other way to look at it. But let's talk briefly about governor Ratcliffe and then we'll get into all the real world's nonsense. Um, this guy's an asshole and I hate him. And like, I don't understand why, like, first of all, there's no gold in New England. Like, first of all, let's talk about that. No. Okay. So, yeah, let me get the, let me get the historical part of this out of the way while I collapse my back scratcher. (laughs) (laughs) So, for those of you who don't know, uh, I love history and I actually love what's really going on in this time in history. So, 1607 was when Jamestown was founded. There was never an expedition by the English to anywhere in Jamestown for gold. They literally went to establish colonies and begin expansion of their territory. The idea of gold search began with the Spanish court and the Spanish conquistadors who were moving gold from Spain to Mexico via Spanish gold fleets which were being attacked by pirates like henry morgan and calico jack and captain kidd who were then hiding at jamestown so there's kind of like a relation here but like not really in any way shape or form historically (laughs) but like this also wouldn't happen for like another almost 80 years captain kidd wasn't even operating until 1708 but like no, there's no, <laughs> yeah, Daniel, uh, God, Daniel Radcliffe's ancestor never. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe and Jon Snow. And Jon Snow. Yeah, no one is actually movie. really in this movie. <laughs> uh, Governor Radcliffe's whole thing is like, it's, if you want to talk about tropey McTrope face, it's, he's the most greed covered villain I think we've had in a while. Well, and then we'll get like McLeach. And yeah, all he cares about is gold. And the entire song Dig Boys talks about how getting this gold will elevate his status within the British court. Yeah. And that like he's going to get fucked with the king. Like he's about to fall out of favor with the king if he can't uh, find the gold and that they're there for gold. And he keeps coming trying to find it and not finding it. And it's like, what the fuck are we talking about here? It's like just weird the way they throw it all together. But it's also weird how he just is like, just show up and start digging by the beach. Oh yeah, dude. Like gold like, just be like, is, Hey Bo. What is that plan? <laughs> like that's it's a terrible plan. Like they literally are digging for, I get that it's for a musical number, but they're digging for gold <laughs> before they like establish like shelter. Oh yeah. Eight like, of just the digging 10 men are digging for gold and two dudes are cop- are chopping wood down yeah, to build just, like this fort. Just by the beach. Digging for gold, like okay, okay, Ratcliffe. Yeah, this yeah. guy's the worst. Um, such a great planner. The one piece of fuzz- positive feedback that this movie got when it came out uh, is that 
it was actually one of the first times where we see white people in films straight up saying that they came to America to murder mm-hmm. and steal resources and destroy the environment of indigenous peoples. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they tank it at which we'll talk about but this was uh one of the like just really stretching for positive feedback that came out of this movie from you know like actual indigenous people in america Mm -hmm. was like well at least the white person says that that's the plan which and i think that that fits into why there's no massive warning on this because they're doing that they're kind of yeah. And we'll get into it more, but the but that was one thing. Ratcliffe randomly got some good points ish from native communities. So yeah. there's a reason he's like an F tier Disney villain, too. Like, <laughs> yeah, holy him. shit, dude. Uh it was awful. Um like Clayton is worse than him. Oh god. Or Clayton is like better than him. And even his plot is basically the same thing. Steal the gorillas. Which one is Clayton from? Tarzan. He's the one that gets oh. hung. He's actually one of the top five most gruesome Disney deaths of all time. Uh, that one's probably going to piss me off, too. I forgot about those guys. Forgot about those colonizers in Disney. <laughs> God yeah. fucking damn it. Um, At no for one here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Um. I had forgotten who that guy. I have not seen Tarzan in a billion years. So, all right. Let's talk about some bullshit. So, one thing that I did like, try and say something positive. Uh, Compliment sandwich. (laughs) I like how they did language. I like how, like, when the native characters speak English for us when they're speaking to each other, right? But in front of John at first, it is Powhatan. For a second, right? There's like one line of Powhatan in the movie. But I like how they did use it for a little bit. Um, and then she like learns how to speak English because of the power of the wind or fucking whatever, you know? And it's like, uh, yeah, that's they, not even explained. They originally had a whole thing where she was going to learn it and through like montage that they nixed. Um, so, but yeah, but I liked that they showed that for a bit. And then, um, all right. I give you the real world. Like, here's what actually happened. I'm going to try and go through it pretty quickly because it's like we could spend hours just going through this. So I'm going to try to keep it brief ish. But so Pocahontas, she really was the daughter of the chief. Um, John Smith shows up in Jamestown and he's just like some asshole and he like tries to steal from them. And he's like, you know, starving and creates a fight. Uh, he obviously loses. He's captured but spared. Pocahontas has nothing to do with it. She was like a kid when this happened. She's like mm-hmm. 10 or younger or something, right? He goes back to Jamestown. She gets married to Cocoam, was like a real dude. Um, and everybody knew like her tribe moved like closer to Jamestown and everyone kind of knew that she was there. And then, of course, there are, you know, lots of the Native women are getting kidnapped and raped by the men in Jamestown. And that was like a very serious crime for Native Americans and not so much for our favorite white dudes. This is my favorite. Um, <laughs> I hate any of this. I'm like, so, <clears throat> so this is happening. There's like this whole like major conflict between the two groups on account of 
the kidnapping, etc. So Pocahontas ends up kidnapped. They all know that she's there, like the princess of the of the yeah. uh, tribal leader, right? Mm-hmm. She gets kidnapped after she'd already had her first kid. She gets taken to the ship and locked up. John Smith's diaries say that they took her to blackmail the chief into giving them back weapons, which they never had in the first place, but that they were saying they'd stolen, um, and told the chief that she would be, quote, well used until they got paid. And I don't need to elaborate any further on what happens to her in the the following year. They think like that historians think she was likely held prisoner on the ship. So she becomes pregnant on the ship and some guy named John Rolfe, who appears in the sequel in Pocahontas 2, um, and he grew tobacco. He was a douchebag. He had, you know, a tobacco plantation. He offers to marry Pocahontas to cover up the rape. And I just, I won't even go, go into how fucked up yeah. that is because we're not done. Uh, <laughs> but the wedding can only happen after she was baptized because of course native americans weren't people wasn't legal to marry them uh so she had to get baptized they did get married they sign a peace treaty because according to what pocahontas's family is hearing she's like happy and married and everything's fine right but she was never allowed to go home mm-hmm. so then she gets taken to england and this love story rhetoric takes off uh he was 40 by the way she was 17 at this time okay so i was almost right but it wasn't John Smith. No, it wasn't John Smith. Um, but but who knows, right? Like it was, yeah. it was all of them. That's the point. Is like it was like John Smith was a guy that she knew from when she was younger and who was like highly involved in taking her prisoner. But uh, but it was all of them on the ship, and then it was this John Rolfe guy who marries her, takes her to England, and this love story thing takes off like all through London. People are charmed by this idea of like crossing borders and falling in love and this like crazy story that they're trying to tell. And that's where this whole Pocahontas thing comes from. Right. So ultimately, she learns fluent English, slays it in English high society until John Smith shows back up talking a bunch of bullshit and romanticizing their relationship. So he comes back and tells this crazy story about their, you know, Romeo and Juliet, Two Worlds Apart, love story, uh, and actually publishes a book, which is where this story comes from. And so Pocahontas obviously like flips out. So in 1617, she eventually convinces her asshole husband to let her go home because he has these tobacco ships going back and forth all the time. Yeah. Right. Like they still have the tobacco plantation. So she convinces him to let her leave after just all this bullshit. And she dies on the ship back. And so, yeah, that's when she dies. She'd already lived in England for a long time. And then basically, like, they had, you know, her son, who John Rolfe essentially gives away. He has her buried in an unmarked grave in England like a fucking bag of dicks. Uh, But her son eventually, like, after some drama, uh, inherits the tobacco plantation. And so when John Rolfe dies and he doesn't have any other kids, it goes to Pocahontas's kid. But he was never allowed to visit his relatives, even though he was, he was there. He was apparently never allowed to see his, his Native American family unless it was unrecorded in, and in secret. Um, so, yeah, that's what actually happened to Pocahontas. And it's 
one of the things that I think is like so fucked up in all of this is that the story that this Disney movie is adapting is John Smith's story. John Smith's fucking bullshit propaganda that she hated. Yeah. That was lies that were told about her actual rape. And that's where this comes from. And it's just like, well, fuck. Like, I, and, and if it wasn't for that, you might be able to look at this movie and be like, well, no. It, it could just be like, you almost could get there to where it's like, it's a romanticized version, but it's like, and it's now the most now we'll romanticized version of all time, then. Holy shit. It's so fucked up, right? Yeah, that's um Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you guys, a lot of days or like a lot of the time leading up to this movie, I struggled with whether or not we should do this. Yeah, cuz it's like bad. It's like really yeah. when especially knowing that is like makes it really really bad like that. Yeah. Like but it's important that we be do. allowed to be told. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've, that's actually... we've covered some tough stuff before. Like you this, know. Knowing this story, like knowing this whole thing, this is genuinely like why I think this should have had a warning at the beginning. Right. Yeah. I think like and even more than like the Savages song or like anything else that happens or whatever. And like, I guess there's an argument to be made that it's like it's fiction and this is and like you can just like sort of close all that real stuff off i know i because i'm about to tear into this a lot harder trust me so i'm trying to play devil's advocate on myself a little bit but like i guess (laughs) i get yeah because i'm I'm like so trust me i i get like i could see an argument for that for saying but just look at the movie for what it is that there's like a death of the yeah. author version of this of just saying, okay, but let, let's let just take it at face value. Did we like the movie? Did we like it? And like, yeah, I liked their love story in this. I thought they were cute together. I thought they had good chemistry. It's yeah. really hard to look away at when you – and I, I think triply so when you know that it's not just, oh, this horrible thing happened and here's the true story that was so horrible. It's like, no, 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 no. The only reason that the fake story exists is because her fucking attacker – yeah wrote it to make money hold the world that's what happened yeah yeah like that makes it so much worse it's not like for Disney 400 years this. bro 400 yeah. years people believe yeah. that that was the truth yeah this wasn't disney's idea right that's what makes it like if the, if disney had come up with it it would be at least a slightly different conversation but they did not so I don't and know. then it's a tough sell anyway because by that time we did know that we knew that anyway, and Disney was still like, we should make this. Right? And they thought it was going to like win them an Oscar. And that it, and so... It's no, it's small wonder to me now why Disney began to decline at this point. We're going to get Hercules, and we're going to get Mulan, and then everything's going to kind of fall apart. For Yeah. Uh, um, we're actually going to talk about some of the upcoming stuff in a second here. <laughs> ironically so okay so here's so that's there's there's in my mind there's kind of like like three main reasons that this is bad right one is the the context of the true story that we just talked about the other is the cultural appropriation which we're about to talk about uh and then after that is the false equivocation which is my my least favorite of the bad things in this that make it racist and horrible so 
let's talk about the second one, which is the cultural appropriation angle of this, because this is where the movie gets most of its criticism. Yeah, kind of the obvious way that it's bad. And it is interesting the way it speaks to like its time because at the time telling stories like this. Well, right, but in 1995, they honest to God thought that this was going to be this groundbreaking story about understanding and against hate that was going to win them an Oscar, that they they genuinely thought this had like a really good message, which on its surface it does. There are good things about the message in this. It just ignores so much that it becomes horrible. But um, they really thought they were doing something groundbreaking and maybe they sort of were with like for where they, where the times were in, in terms of this. But the problem is like, generally speaking, former colonists should probably try to avoid making money through stories about colonized people. Like that's what cultural appropriation is. And it's not a good look. A big part of it too is like, if you take all of them, you just said it, but like, if you take all of this at like surface value and like to stay on the surface, this surface needs to be frozen and you need to be (laughs) on. Yeah. Like you need to not be able to see, you should probably not have eyes if you want to verify that there's no below the surface of this, but like I can understand why they would think this could help it's almost like a naivete thing like they were like they're like everyone's gonna love this because we're showing that you can bridge the gap and you can do this stuff but then people are gonna start thinking about it for more than like four seconds and they're gonna be like no why did you guys tell that story yeah and it's also exactly why did you guys tell it? Why why is it all white people doing this? Like that's the thing. It's like there's this and so this is what we said when we were talking about like who made the movie in the beginning. There's only like the just two voice actors who are indigenous at all. One of them is, you know, Native Alaskan, which is like a totally different like that's not the same group of people, right? Which is what Moana gets criticized for. It's like an amalgamation of all these different cultures and people are like, yeah. oh, right? Like that's where it gets a lot of its criticism. Um, and this one just like doesn't have really any representation in who's making the movie or who's, you know, being the the actors in the movie. Disney does a little bit better by having mostly an, a mostly Asian voice cast in Mulan, which is coming up. Uh, and you know and no white people so one of the other things is like when you have movies about how indigenous groups interact with white people that's usually a bad angle oh yeah yeah right? like that's what definitely. pocahontas does is and it just always it's like white people making a story about indigenous people making friends with white people always is going to just be like just it's just not great it's not what we're trying to do. So Mulan gets points for having a mostly Asian voice cast and there's no white people in the story. Then like Lilo and Stitch coming up a little later does a lot better. Like it connects the story a lot more to the culture. Um, and sorry, Scott, but we're going to backslide so hard when we get to Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> oh, I know we are. On this issue, we are so we're bad. going all we the way so, to I fuck. know. I know we are. We are so bad. 
but I like Emperor's New Groove will be, you know, but, and it's, it's not the point of Emperor's New Groove. Like it isn't Pocahontas. So it's going to get, well, yeah, no, like, but even still like, no, I totally get it. Like it's, it's one of those things that like, for those of you who are fans of like airbender, it was the number one or excuse me. No, it wasn't. <clears throat> it was the number two criticism of the last airbender live action movie from M night Shyamalan. The number one criticism is that he never watched the show ever. He literally right. read the wiki page and was like, that's probably a good. Yeah. Um, but the number two was that all of the whole best part about avatar, the last airbender is that it melds these cultures and people of color and different like nationalities and all of this stuff into this melting pot of great things. And then, and then the last airbender came out and literally everyone, but the main character was white and Dev Patel. Yeah. And it's like, why are you, why would you ever think that was a good idea? Dude, even the main character. Yeah, he wasn't, he was Asian. He was, oh, he was. Okay. I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I, that's he also like was not an actor. Watched. He was a, he was an up and coming, he was an up and coming martial arts student. That movie was so bad. It was um, really bad. It looks like the though. Netflix show is going to be just as bad. Yep, because um, they left already. Um, yep. But yeah, and then and then it's like you get things like Brother Bear, where like one of the what I didn't put this in the notes, but one of the things about Brother Bear that you see a lot is that uh, the music in it is uh what is it it's like hungarian folk music oh yeah because they and that might not be it exactly but it's eastern european and they're like because it sounds kind of like ethnic-y and like it could be like what the like fuck alaskan <laughs> and it's like but why not use like an inuit music yeah. and they're like no because this is what well, like white people think it should sound like and it's like oh cool white people like glad you just made that decision for everybody like glad this is just white people entertaining other white people with stories about people of color and indigenous people. And that's, that's where like, that's what cultural appropriation is. And if anyone's still curious and like, it's not great. And then Moana comes out. Right. And they do a pretty good job. There's no white people in Moana, um, but it's still pretty culturally appropriative. Right. Like it's not perfect, um, but there's a it lot does a more better job. I think it, oh, it's it learned from miles. this. Yeah, miles better than this. this and that's why it's like the sleeper remake right it's like oh let's do that again but better and there's a ton of pacific islanders involved in the making of moana mm -hmm. not just in the voice cast uh and there's like she's not sexualized and it's a lot better but you're looking at you tamira morrison love you boba fett dad, <laughs> by the way oh really yeah that's the um, whole reason I saw that movie. I knew nothing about that movie when it came out. I was like, wait a minute, Tamira Morrison's back? Let's fucking go. And then I was like, this is the greatest movie I've seen in so fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> but but so these days though, like Disney hires like they call them like cultural brain trusts to help them make these movies. So like Moana had one, Soul has one. Uh and so you should, it's great. I just rewatched it. Um but yeah, they had like a a cultural like trust at Pixar to try and make that as representative as they could. And they did it Soul, I think they did a really good job. But but at the end of the day, you need you need a more diverse group of leaders because it's all these execs 
right? This is our old white dudes. Like even Moana is directed by a white guy. And it's like, it's not that we, we want to like not see movies with, with diversity and representation. We obviously do. Like it's none of this is to say like we shouldn't be making movies about diverse groups, but you're going to fail at the appropriation piece if all the executives are white dudes. Right. So it's like, it's uh, it's never going to be quite there if they don't improve diversity in the upper echelons and like and even just the directors, not even the executives, like the fucking people making the movies like Moana. Sh- like, how is this being directed by a white dude? Even though Moana is my favorite Disney movie, I understand that criticism. And again, in Pocahontas, it is worse because the story they're appropriating is not a native story. It's John Smith's propaganda horseshit. And it's just a a like colonialist portrayal of how they cover up systematic rape and oppression of indigenous people. And I just, and I'm like, I'm going to need to watch that raccoon steal a biscuit again. Cause this is so fucked up and we haven't even gotten to the part where I'm going to mention Trump. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. Dude, I believe it. <clears throat> believe it. God damn it. Naruto. Um, no, I, and like, you can't, I can't imagine, although this was 95, so I can't imagine that Katzenberg got the reviews for this and was like, well, that doesn't sound right. I don't know what they thought. I really don't. Like, because they didn't think you- any of this. I can tell you that. In 1995, and that's what we're about to talk about, and we'll, I'm not going to jump us there too quickly, but that's what we'll talk about with this false equivocation stuff, where they honestly thought they were making a good point. They honestly thought this movie had something to say that wasn't horrible. And they didn't understand cultural appropriation. Like, we have to keep that in mind a little bit is that, like, in 1995, having a movie that featured, like, a diverse group of people at all is, like, a thing. The fact that that they're making a movie about Pocahontas full stop. Like, have we ever seen an other than Jasmine where we know that movie got the full screen warning, right? Like, we have talked about the problems in Aladdin, but before the Renaissance, there weren't really any characters of color in Disney writ large, you know, except for ones that were racist caricatures and like well, Dumbo yeah, and that's stuff. The, that's what I was going to say. They weren't. You can get Mowgli. Um, yeah, the, technically Mowgli. But like, well, and even here, like, <clears throat> this is the problem is there are not, no pun intended to the actual villain song, but there are small nuggets of good things <laughs> that, <laughs> that happen. Yeah. In, this like this is the first interracial couple ever shown in disney yeah this is what i'm saying like and like i said before this is the first movie to have white people say we are the bad guys we're here to do something bad and mm-hmm. tell you that in the beginning like yeah. that what we're no doing secrets. is not okay yeah, yeah they don't like they portray them as the bad guys for the beginning part of the movie and then we'll talk about yeah. where it becomes the equivocation that stops it from having the warning but there are things where this was more sort of progressive and kind of there for its time and where you can understand why Katzenberg thought that they had something to say here. And it's one of the ones that I think hurts the hardest to look back on. Oh yeah. That we've looked at so far for all the reasons we've said. I genuinely, if Katzenberg had had someone in there, like some kind of like cultural bumper. It needed to not be the nineties. I Yeah. <laughs> Here's the part that really pissed me off. This is where I was like, and I'm done because this is what kills me in the real world. And I didn't see a lot about this kind of out there uh, because the appropriation stuff is kind of takes up most people's 
criticism of the movie. But for me, what killed me was this central theme that was creating a false equivocation scenario where both sides think the others are savages and we see humanity on both sides. And this is why there's no full screen warning because like the song savages, right? It's like, Oh my God. Oh, it's God. both of them singing. Okay. They I see what both you're saying. said it about each other. Oh, isn't that crazy? It's not just the white guys who are, they think we're the savages. Like it's, oh, we both have, we are both one side is just as bad as the other. They both think this negative thing about one another. And so they must both be wrong. And and there is a solid message about communication because both John Smith and Pocahontas like tell their sides, like they want to talk and nobody will do it. Right. Like there's definitely a message about like understanding and like it's against prejudice and against assuming that someone's evil just because they're different. Right. Which that was kind of a new message in the 90s to say, well, you shouldn't just hate people because they're different. That's what this is trying to say. And it's saying that both sides feel the same way about each other, that, well, you're different from me, so I don't like you. And they both are guilty of this equally. That's what this movie is trying to tell us. And it's why it gets away without the full screen warning, because it's saying that they're, they are creating an equivocation scenario. And they are trying to say that the indigenous people are just as prejudiced or ignorant as the colonizers. And it's insane. It is so gaslighty. And it's- it, it, okay, so that's the word I was trying to fucking think of right now. Yeah, it's, it's gaslighting. Genuinely, dude, I can't believe I'm I'm relegating this to a five-year-old thought process, but this genuinely feels like a two wrongs don't make a right kind of thing. Well, that's like, what they're trying to say. That's what the no, movie's that's trying what I'm to saying. say. Like, I, I can't believe that that was the fucking road we decided to take off from. It's just this idea that like, well we're all as bad as one another and we all just need to sit down and understand each other and we can be fine. And that's what it's trying to say. But here's the problem is, and this happens. Yeah. And it happens in modern politics all the time through this like fair and balanced news. Mm. And like CNN does it all the time. No, but CNN does it too. They go out there and they won't say that is fucking disgusting and wrong because they feel like they have to be fair and balanced, that we all have to be, we have to like take some kind of consideration for like some of this bullshit. And it makes me crazy because it ignores the whole context of an issue to say that both sides are as bad as each other. Uh, like, remember when Trump said that there were good people on both sides after the Nazis oh, marched on Charlottesville? Yeah. No, 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 not J6, Charlottesville. When the not the literal Nazis oh, yeah. waving Nazi flags with fucking what did they have like tiki torches as pitchforks mm-hmm. and they marched on Charlottesville and Trump who was the sitting president said there are good people on both sides that is the kind of mentality that they have here and the the problem is like I forgot he said that they Gosh. ignore yeah they oh I didn't <laughs> I know you didn't <laughs> I did not they ignore the fact that. These white guys came over here on a boat and sung this song about how they were planning to kill these people and take their land and their resources. And like, they just, the colonizers are clearly the bad guys. This movie genuinely like makes me feel gross. Like, like how the fuck? Like, why, like <clears throat> even more so than like, Milo and Otis and that whole animal cruelty thing. Like watching this and updating my notes, this is probably 
I, I genuinely, because I, it's and like, I can't. So like me being here is like, it's important because I have to face that This is like what happened. And this is like how the world, like, this is what went down. This, you can't like ignore this or whatever, but like, this is, this is fucked, dude. Like, I hate this so much. Like, if I'm being 100% honest right now, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this. Like, am I supposed to be disgusted? Am I supposed to be angry? Am I supposed to be disappointed in all of this? Like, I am. I'm all of those things. It's like this fucking amalgamation of emotions. But I'm also just like, what the fuck? I mostly feel disappointed because I can very much see how this was an accomplishment in some ways for its time. Like it has a long way to go, but this was a time where we had never had a Disney princess of color really other than Jasmine. Like this was the Renaissance was trying to do better. It was trying to tell different kinds of stories with different, uh, about different kinds of people than what it had always done with like the blonde princess in a castle in Europe somewhere. Like they were trying to tell different kinds of stories and they did a very like nineties shitty version of it. But it reminds me to an extent, perhaps to a greater extent uh, of Mrs. Doubtfire. I think this is more bad. Um, but you know how in Mrs. Doubtfire we were like, there's no way this was intended to be so anti-trans and watching it oh, today. Yeah. Like, like it was uh, just an unfortunate byproduct of what happened. Yeah. It's not even a byproduct. It was like the direct thing the movie was about. It was just how you understood it or Ace Ventura. Same thing, right? Where it was like, this is not mm. trying to be anti-trans, but this would never be made today. It's so offensive. Yeah. If you take all your nostalgia out, if you pretend like this movie just came out, you would be horrified, right? I feel like Pocahontas is similar where it's like, yeah, it's trying to do a good thing here. And, and it's a little bit different because it is actively trying to do a thing. Whereas those other two examples just sort of it just kind of happened. But, uh, it was the main part of the plot, but it wasn't yeah. supposed to be kind of woke. I don't know. But the most important question that's come out of this movie is how did the horrible pug live in the wilderness? He totally didn't, dude. <laughs> that thing would have died, right? It reminded oh, me of Milo and Otis. It do. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking when I was watching this. I was like, this dog is just going to die. Like, Miko's not going to protect him. Yeah, what? <laughs> I enjoyed... The pug. Percy <laughs> in his fucking bubble bath. He was funny. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, this movie, I'm not going to say it would have worked because either way, it still wouldn't have. But I think, I think it would be a completely different movie if the animals had talked. Uh, yeah, I think it would have been weird. I This movie already had enough of a tonal problem and it's already like such a serious thing. I think that's my biggest issue with this is like the parts that are like real, they're all real. That's how you build up Jamestown. That's how you actually dock a boat. That's how you would like row the boat or whatever. It's all realistic shit. That's how the war paint ceremonies were. But then you're like, hey, that tree talked. Yeah, right. And it's like, why is the fucking raccoon smart enough to know what a bubble bath is? And so is the dog. And now the I raccoon mean, can fence. Like, it's just, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to be thinking in this movie. And it felt weird to be laughing in between all of this other really weird, super not funny shit. 
Yeah, I remember as a kid really liking the cute stuff in the movie. And I remember I remember uh one of my parents had the t-shirt with Grandmother Willow and it said my bark's worse than my bite or whatever and it was like hilarious at the Disney store and you could always get like a Miko and if I always really liked Flit, like there was so much of this movie that like the kid stuff in it really worked for me as a kid. Some like random like there were a couple pieces of like interesting and like fun facts about this. Like, yeah, this is the first time that an interracial couple has been um, featured in a Disney movie, but this, I actually didn't even think about this other than Tiana Pocahontas is the only American born princess to this day. Are there other princesses who are uh, American like made or they're like, like you say, American born, like, no, I mean, like, they were born in the country of America, like, North America. Right. Are there other ones who are, like, who li- who take place in America, but they're not born here? Is that what you, or do you mean, like, at, in America at all? Like, this is the only movie that takes place in America. These are the only two movies, the only two Disney movies I can think of that feature a princess. Yeah, because most of them correct. are from, like, Eastern Europe. Most of them are European. Yeah. What did you give this movie? I weirdly I gave it a five because it's like the music's good and it looks fine and it's like I like the way the landscape looks and I like flit and like I I feel like it's I, I didn't hate having it on. You know what I mean? Like even though everything about it is terrible, it wasn't like a horrible experience. Like I watched the sequel. Like I it wasn't the worst thing that yeah, had ever happened to me. <laughs> I know, but still I could have refused. But like you know, but at the same time, like, I, I I really hate the false equivocation thing. Like, I I hate the way that they appropriated this story. I hate everything I know about what actually happened and just, like, all all of it. But I still gave it a five because I just I didn't hate having it on. I, so I don't know. It's a weird, um, I think it's one of those movies that you got to be able to look at with the right perspective. And that's why I think it should have had the full screen warning. I think it should have had that, like, contextualize the fuck out of this. And if you want to sing about the colors of the wind, that's okay, too. That's how I felt. What did you give it? I gave this a two. Damn. I just, I can't do it, man. This, I've never, since starting this show, I have never left a movie feeling so not okay as I did at the end of this movie. It just felt dirty. I did, man. I'm just like, this is not. And now that I know, like, even more about, like, the John Smith diaries and shit. Yeah. Just, I would be okay if we never even revisited this. Like, if we never discussed this again. Like, just as a society, just, like, move forward into Moana and just not do this anymore. Yeah. If we had some kind of pollination issue and it caused some portion of our brains to forget shit, I would not miss a beat if this fell out of my memory bank. Yeah, it's not it's not very good. Um yeah, yeah it was I'm not getting my favorite. Us out of here. Yeah, let's do that. Um yeah. As always guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We uh, we hope you learned something. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming to my TED talk. Yeah, thank you for for helping me realize that this is my never-ending story. Um, <laughs> Join us next week for Clueless, which I'm yay, Paul Rudd. Be yeah, sure Clueless to subscribe. Clueless will be a fun episode. Yeah, I'm going to. That's yay. 
<laughs> be sure to subscribe wherever you guys listen to podcasts as well as follow us on all of our social media you can find the links for our sites and social media in the episode descriptions if you'd like to support the podcast we do encourage you to follow us on our patreon uh where you can catch our or no yeah sorry i read too far ahead uh, where you can catch our special quiz show among other things uh make sure to check out our website for all the timeline goodies including our new feature request the timeline uh we do have two more request the timelines coming up or do we have one yeah more? we have two more slated two but more. we also have gremlins 2 which has been recorded but yet to come out uh yeah by the time you guys unless, are hearing this gremlins 2 uh, has already been out i hope so but if not <laughs> i'll take care of it i don't know man no this was not a dig at you i just no, mean i know i'm just saying like i, I got you I the got situation you. on that has been yeah. a, it's been rough it's been an exciting time we're working on getting that episode out to yeah. you guys but it's a good episode <laughs> hopefully you've heard it by now i don't know i'm gonna go play harry potter hogwarts legacy yeah i'm gonna go make dinner and fucking try to forget stay nerdy guys <laughs> Stay dirty, guys. I love you. <laughs>